Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. They were one of those things that when I read them, they were so crazy that I, I went over to one of my colleagues and I was like, you are never going to believe what's in this thing. Welcome to episode 19 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at Echo Fox. In May of 2019, Riot Games, one of the biggest game developers and esports tournament organizers, made a public announcement to the nearly 400 million members of the esports community. In an issued statement, Riot announced that it had been investigating a situation with a team owner who had allegedly used discriminatory and racist language. The team in reference was Echo Fox, one of the 10 franchise teams that had the coveted slot in Riot Games' prestigious League of Legends World Series tournament. The incident involved the co-founders of Echo Fox, former NBA player Rick Fox and entrepreneur Amit Rosada. Fox had publicly accused Rosada of making threats to his family and spewing racist comments towards another executive. As more dirt began to surface, allegations swirled constantly, each one more outrageous than the last. But Riot Games had enough and elected to issue a 60-day mediation period for Echo Fox to either remove the executive who violated their hate speech policies or forced to relinquish their spot in the championship series. The clock was ticking and the objective was clear. But what would the management at Echo Fox do? Welcome to the story of Echo Fox, spawned in 2015, eliminated by 2019. When Echo Fox emerged, it was the paragon of excellence that projected a legitimacy that mirrored the increasing lucrative and popular esports world. It was really the first celebrity-driven team managed by a few pro athletes that understood the performance parallels between sports and gaming. But that promising star soon devolved into a he said, he said accusation, restraining orders, death threats, 
drug fuel parties, and other scandals that drag the company down. I myself have been fascinated with gaming culture for some time and have had the privilege of attending several competitions, including the Intel Extreme Masters in Katowice, Poland, and some local events within the United States. The tournaments were insane, oftentimes matching the same intense energy you'd find at traditional live sports events. From celebrity status gamers, their dedicated fan base who experienced the same nerve-wracking thrills watching their favorite team battle a worthy rival, down to the jerseys, the theme music, and trash talk. And perhaps that's why it's the fourth biggest sport in the world, with the market for esports betting valued at around $30 billion. Back in 2015, former Los Angeles Laker and three-time NBA champion Rick Fox made a bet of his own when he met an investor by the name of Amit Razada at a Hollywood party and decided to dive into the esports business with him, along with another gentleman by the name of Khalid Jones. Razada and Jones both put in a million dollars to purchase a spot in the League Championship Series a.k.a. LCS, which was owned by Riot Games, and that cost them a million dollars on its own, with the second million going towards running the new team off the ground. And if anyone was groomed to put esports on equal footing with the NFL and NBA, Fox was the man. He was the first one of the prominent figures from the traditional sports world to embrace professional gaming in a serious way. Here's Daniel Rosen, journalist, news editor, and content creator with The Score Esports. I think Echo Fox started in, in 2015, or at least it kind of became known to the public in 2015. They they bought their spot in the uh, League of Legends Championship Series, which is sort of the, the major league for North American League of Legends teams. You know, an, an NBA equivalent or an MLB equivalent. You know, this is where you go to play if you're a North American player and you want to play professionally. And so they bought a slot in the league. And that thought previously belonged to Gravity Games, which is not as important. But the big exciting thing was that it was being, at least from the outside looking in, we all thought, wow, Rick Fox is coming into esports. And especially in 2015, you know, these days esports has a lot of celebrity investors. You know, Shaquille O'Neal, he's invested in NRG. I believe so is uh, Jennifer Lopez. So is A-Rod, right? Like we have a lot of celebrity investors. You know, The Weeknd has an ownership share in an Overwatch League team. And Drake, there's a lot of stories like that. But in 2015, that really wasn't the case. There were very, very few big names to invest in esports. And it felt like in 2015, wow, here's a, you know, an NBA champion, right? A famous celebrity, a sports star, who really seems to care. You know, he went to uh, the League of Legends Finals at Madison Square Garden in, I think, 2014. Riot did a whole video about it. His son was a big League of Legends fan, or, or still is. He seemed to genuinely care and like this and, and you know, want to use it as at least partially as a way to connect with his son, but also as a way to, like, you know, encourage new athletes. He went on The View to talk about esports. He went on all kinds of, like, you know, MSNBC, just news shows to talk about esports and how he viewed it positively and how it compared positively to traditional sports and, and it compared to his experience as an athlete and that was something that was really really cool and exciting and we were all and we all thought wow this is going to be the beginning of something really really big fox and his partners eventually purchased major league of legends team gravity in 2015 under vision venture partners and then rebranded it as echo fox 
Then in 2017, when the New York Yankees invested, Echo dropped $10 million to become one of the first franchises in the North American Professional League for the LCS. And when Fox went in, he went in big time. Echo's headquarter was based in the ritziest part of Los Angeles, Beverly Hills. The 30,000-square-foot facility was like a jacked-up man cave, equipped with plush leather seating, an inviting lounge area that had ping-pong tables handcrafted with handmade wood, with a state-of-the-art training facility where the academy teams would practice six days a week. The vibe and the execution of Echo's mission was at the intersection of experimentation and innovation and tested the realms of professional gaming. Here's the other thing though, it wasn't just the facade. It was plainly apparent how passionate Fox was about gaming and he proved to be visionary, running the team through applying concepts that he had learned as a professional athlete to esports. He recruited former Denver Nugget, Jarrett Jeffries, who then came on board to manage the actual running of the team. Hiring coaches, scouting talented players, negotiating contracts, merchandising, and finding sponsors. And for a while, they were really making moves. I remember I am a really big Street Fighter guy. That's sort of my my esports background. And I remember one day they bought every fighting game free agent that was out there. They bought Justin Wong. They bought Momochi. They bought, uh, I think, Tokia Tokido. They bought Sonic Fox, a bunch of Smash Bros. players, Niju King, some of the biggest, most famous fighting game players in the world. And some of the most successful. I think Echo Fox has something like something absurd, like three Evo championships were won by these players while they were under Echo Fox. These fighting game players put together something like three or four world championships while playing for the team. And that's crazy. It rarely happens in these in, in fighting game competitions that like a team dominates things because it's not really team-based and not a lot of players get sponsored by big orgs like this. But Echo Fox was all over fighting game tournaments for like a year and a half. That was sort of, I think, for a while their real claim to fame. I think they also had a Call of Duty team that wasn't all that special, a Gears of War team that I think did did okay. Uh, I never really followed Gears too heavily. They briefly had a CSGO team that was not very impressive, but really their their you know their claims to fame were an okay league team that had a lot of fans due to I think Rick being popular and them signing a good number of like popular beloved players like Brogan and their fighting game division that was just some of the best most popular players in the world playing at their peak. By 2018, Vision had raised an additional $38 million for its esports venture from some major names in sports, including Kevin Durant, Odell Beckham Jr., and the St. Louis Cardinals. It was a huge influence to the esports world and the first time a major non-endemic organization formed, inherently changing how people looked at esports, and for a while, everyone had their eyes on Echo. But just like a team where no one wants to play support, Echo Fox would ultimately find themselves in a losing position. And in 2018, rumors began to emerge. The first rumors we always heard about Echo Fox were about just sort of things behind the scenes being a little bit, what's the word, like loosey-goosey. There wasn't a lot of direction and order behind the scenes. But then we started hearing in 2018 players being dropped sort of en masse. They kind of dropped everybody who wasn't the absolute biggest names that they had. Many of those betting players were dropped. I think the only people they retained were some of their Smash Bros players, Mewtwo King, MKLeo, those guys. 
they dropped pretty much all of their like non-League of Legends players, uh, aside from those two. And even the League team, I think, saw some pretty significant cuts. And so we were kind of looking at everyone like, what's happening here? And then sort of the first like really big public red flag was in early 2019. I, I want to say it was March or April. A journalist, Richard Lewis, released a report through the outlet Xerto that Rick Fox was trying to leave Echo Fox, the company he founded, the company his name is technically on due to racist language used by a shareholder in emails to him and to uh, his business partner, Jake Hall, who at one point was the CEO of Echo Fox. This shareholder who used that racist language came out to be a guy by the name of Amit Raizada. But sort of that was our first evidence that like things were wrong because if Rick Fox wants out, something must be up. However, the public spectacle occurred in April of 2019 when Fox alleged that Rosada used racist language aimed at Echo's previous CEO, Jace Hall, during an internal dispute. And according to the accusations, this wasn't the first time that the racial epithets were used towards Hall and even Fox himself. Crucially, the claims were backed up by evidence. Rosada, in an interview with me, he did confirm that he used racist language, specifically the N-word, in an email to Jace Hall. Uh, he also confirmed that he did send an email to Rick Fox that Rick Fox construed as being threatening to him. It can kind of be construed either way. Uh, you know, as a journalist, I'm not going to say which way I feel about it or whatever. But he has owned up to saying the things that people have accused him of saying. When Fox first went public with this, he announced that he would sell his stake in the team that he had founded, stating that such flagrant racism coupled with threats against his family had created an environment that he could not be a part of. In an email obtained by Dick Serto, he also announced the situation with his shareholders. He was quoted saying, This is an official notification of my intention to exit the Echo Fox organization as a shareholder and participant as soon as I am able to facilitate a transaction to do so. The recent outrageous and abhorrent display of pure racism made by a significant Echo Fox shareholder, as well as threats to my family, have made it impossible for me to continue to remain associated with the company. However, Fox quickly reversed course and instead offered an ultimatum to the parent company of Echo, to Vision Venture Partners. And that was, let Rosada go or I would walk. Rosada, along with the Vision Venture executives Stratton Sklavos, Khalid Jones, and their legal team, fired back with a lawsuit claiming that Fox was simply creating a diversion from an apparent train wreck he had caused at Echo alleging self-dealings and gross ineptitude that cost investors millions of dollars. Rosada's lawyer said in an email statement that, quote, if Rick Fox wants to blame someone for Echo Fox's failures, he should start by looking in the mirror. Rick ping-ponged back with a suit of his own, alleging that his ex-partners committed fraud, conspiracy, and breach of contract. Interestingly enough, Stratton Sklavos, a co-owner of the San Jose Sharks and former CEO Verisign, filed a restraining order against Fox, but he was denied. And he and the rest of the members of the parent company, along with others affiliated with Echo Fox, accused Fox of, quote, willful, wanton, and intentionally destructive efforts towards the partnership. 
Fox had also accused Rosada and Sklavos of using his star power as the face of the company and then behind the scenes, misappropriating corporate funds that included leasing a $20,000 a month Beverly Hills house, $100,000 in unapproved expenses and a $350,000 yearly salary. So there's a little bit of a he said, she said here, or a he said, he said in this case. Rick Fox alleges that Rizada wouldn't budge, that he didn't want out unless he was getting some significant share of the proceeds from the sale of Equifox's slot, or rather he wanted to be bought out and nobody could buy out what he had or something like that. It was It's sort of complicated, but either way, Rick Fox says that Rizada wasn't budging on his position unless some significant amount of money was being presented to him. Rizada says that actually... What Riot was telling us publicly was not what was happening. He presented documents that, that kind of alleged this, that Riot found four material breaches in Echo Fox's agreement with Riot Games. So those breaches were the first one was that Riot ought to use that problematic language, that Riot ought to violated the rules of the league by using racist language in the communications. They don't stand for that. That's a big one. But the other three were more about their finances. The second one was that they had over a million dollars in debt without Riot's consent. The third one was that they didn't have at least $5 million in liquid reserves, which personally, that seems very difficult for any esports team to have, honestly, but maybe that is what is in Riot's agreement with them. And the third was not getting Riot's consent for having over 10% new equity in the company, which that kicks us down a whole other mess with how that equity was was created for Rizada to have. But the point is that Rizada alleges that actually there were far more issues with Echo Fox behind the scenes than him using that language. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online, and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Riot very quickly caught wind of the situation and wasted no time going into full investigation mode. And after conducting its own independent review, it gave Echo an ultimatum of its own. Get rid of your racist executive or sell the LCS slot now worth $30 million. But within the 60-day period, nothing happened except for management continuing to fight amongst themselves. This ultimately led to Riot seizing the slot and taking matters into its own hands to find a buyer. Once they made that move, it was crystal clear that Echo Fox was going down. But wait, there's more. In October 2019, 
Rick Fox sued Amit Raizada and Stron Sklavos. Stron Sklavos, I think formerly of the San Jose Sharks, an NHL team, as well as a former CEO of Echo Fox and general investor in Echo Fox and Vision Venture Partners and the whole Echo Fox family of investment groups. But he had been around major investor in, in Echo Fox. And Rick Fox accused him and Raizada of several things. If fraud was in there, fiduciary misdeeds, it was kind of crazy, but the absolute craziest part of this lawsuit, just actually insane. And, and I want to preface this by saying, I have never found evidence for this being true or untrue. And as far as I know, this lawsuit was settled or dismissed. But he accused Stratton Sklavos of putting the company into a financial tailspin because he was self-dealing. He was taking money out of the company in order to fund his heavy-use drug lifestyle. And that whole thing of him being addicted to illegal drugs made him financially indentured to Amit Raizada because he needed Raizada's money to fuel his drug habit. And Raizada had a lien on Sklavos' house, which meant that until he paid off his debt to him for drugs, he owned his home. It was a truly absurd story that started with Raizada and Sklavos doing drugs together so Sklavos would get addicted to said drugs and then be, again, financially indentured to him to fuel his drug habit. It was crazy. It was one of the wildest lawsuits I've ever read, and I have read all, weirdly enough, in esports, I have read a lot of lawsuits. It was truly insane, and to this day, I don't know where the accusations came from. I don't have any evidence that they were true. I guess I also don't have any evidence that they were untrue, but they really were just, they were one of those things that when I read them, they were so crazy that I, I went over to one of my colleagues and I was like, you are never going to believe what's in this thing. Finally, by October of 2019, the LCS slot was sold to prominent esports organization Evil Geniuses for $30 million, but not without some drama there as well. The sale officially marked the end of what turned out to be a very short era for Echo Fox. After the 60-day grace period, when Raizada had not been removed from Echo Fox, Riot sort of took control of the sale of Echo Fox. Echo Fox had brokered some sort of deal to have Cronky Sports and Entertainment, which is run by the Cronky family, who owned the LA Rams and Arsenal, I believe, among a bunch of other sports and esports teams. Cronky was supposed to buy Echo Fox and the LCS slot. That deal ended up falling through. Riot ended up selling the slot to Evil Geniuses, another major esports organization, for $30 million. And then it was pretty much over. The party was done. Without their LCS slot, Echo Fox couldn't hold on to their League of Legends players, so they were all let go. They didn't have a major team that was bringing in advertisers, so there was no reason to keep around other people. They still held on to some of their fighting game players, actually, kind of hilariously. A lot of the fighting game players were still playing with Echo Fox jerseys for months and months and months because technically it was still a legal entity that existed, and they were still under contract to wear that jersey at events. But... Echo Fox's socials went dark. Nobody was really, like, thinking about them. With countless rumors floating around, accusations flying, pending lawsuits looming, this became the point of no return. And by the end of 2019, an Echo Fox investor officially confirmed that the team was defunct. Its players had been let go, and the company itself disbanded. Once the mudslinging starts, it's really hard to fix all the other problems. <laughs> this has happened, I'm sure, in, in plenty of other spaces and plenty of other companies. But like, once things start going bad in public, 
all your under-the-surface problems just get exacerbated. If it's already a sort of Rick Fox versus the world conversation going on behind the scenes with getting people money, once that conversation becomes public and people are taking sides, you start looking around and seeing if you can jump to another ship, one that's a little bit safer, one that's a little bit more, you know, PR friendly. There is no shortage of people trying to create new esports teams, trying to have new esports startups. There was also, especially at the time, no shortage of teams trying to get in on newly franchised leagues. The Overwatch League was on, was, you know, I think happening at that point. It had already happened. The Call of Duty League was on the horizon. League of Legends was people were talking about buying out people's slots. Another slot was sold that very season, I believe. Why would with you who are in all of this trouble, like with, you know, this whole public relation trouble and your league spot, your entire major asset is at risk of being sold with your consent with possibility you're not making all the money you would want to make on. Why should we invest in you, not one of the 800 other new esports startups who could potentially not be collapsing in a month? And I think it would, it would Equifox would have been a really hard sell to an investor once all of the dirt came out. You know, as soon as this whole Rick Fox versus Amit Rizada feud went public as soon as you know this report from Dexerto came out as soon as Rick Fox was on TMZ saying he would not work with a racist once that happened I really do think it was kind of in retrospect was the end the storm of problems around Echo Fox was simply too great to weather and unlike most games no one had an extra life to spare What had ensued at Echo Fox highlights the issue of racism, diversity, and accountability within an industry that is undergoing explosive growth. And despite all the star power and star players, the company was crushed by its own ownership and the controversy surrounding the allegation and misbehavior of its management. I think one of the biggest things with Echo Fox from the outside looking in is that we all wanted Echo Fox to succeed because we all... We all liked Rick Fox. And I, and I really do think to a certain extent, all of esports still really likes Rick Fox. We, we recently did a video recapping all of this stuff on the Sporty Sports YouTube channel, like sort of a, a look back more narrative than, than journalistic. And the comments were flooded by people saying that Rick Fox got a raw deal. Whether I agree or disagree is irrelevant. I think that he was such a great figurehead for the company that people couldn't help but want him to want the company to succeed. And, and I think if I were to give advice to an esports is Trying to find that kind of person can honestly be a great idea. Maybe that person doesn't have to be in charge of team operations or financial operations. But I do think having that kind of base, having something that fans can rally behind, somebody who gets the community and they get them, I think that kind of thing can only be helpful. Um, you see it with some organizations now. Uh, Hector Rodriguez, otherwise known as Hex, founded Optic or co-founded Optic was a major part of that team's growth. And after he got sort of booted out due to a complicated series of financial things, NRG picked him up and the entire Optic fan base moved with him. He became co-CEO of that company and he brought people with him. He's not a player. You know, he does create some content, but he's not a guy who is out there playing games on the server every day. He is a business person and that still worked. And, and I think that finding, it's hard to find a guy like Rick Fox. It's hard to find a guy like Hex, but I think finding that kind of person is going to make your company stand out and be different and be special. And, you know, if you find that person and you also manage to not use racist language in communications with your fellow shareholders, I think you'd have a pretty great company going.
Regardless of actual legal rulings, it's clear that there were no real winners after the Echo Fox debacle. What started out as a true glimpse of potential for a new era of esports came crashing down. And no matter how much settlement money gets paid out, nobody likes to lose in front of a crowd. In the end, Echo Fox's fate was not determined by a fierce competitor on the game stage, but rather by throwing a hand grenade into its own tent. Special thanks to Daniel Rosen for contributing to this episode and sharing his valuable insight and research on Echo Fox. And thank you for tuning in to this week's The Great Fail. Please make sure to visit our website at thegreatfail.com for behind-the-scene audio and video footage. If you like these episodes and want us to continue bringing you more, please subscribe to our newsletter because, well, not connecting with you would be our great fail. While you're at it, simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of them would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Lastly, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Great Fail Pod. And please subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes to show your support. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And remember, folks, with great failure comes great liability. I'm